With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's do this. Woo! Ring the bell. This is Between the Ropes. Oh, you're going for the dirt, for the behind the scenes stuff. It's time to get Between the Ropes. Between the Ropes. So I was looking at one of my fantasy football teams, and I noticed that I'm a game ahead of Kevin Eck. He's closing in on me, so I figured this would be the last time that I can brag to him that I'm beating him in fantasy football, so I had to get him on the podcast. So uh, eat my dust right now, Kevin. I'm a game ahead of you. Well, you're a game ahead of me, and I don't know if you've noticed, but we're playing each other this week. Oh, man, here it comes. So, you know, i got to say, before we go any further on this, I've been a real victim of circumstances in fantasy football this year. I've been the guy oh. who always plays the guy who has his best week ever. Yep. That's why my team is 3-5. and five. If you look at my roster, you look at how many points I've scored and how many points I've given up, I mean, it's just unbelievable. I, I've just been the, the, the guy with the bad luck, you know? The guy last week who had a horrible team, but he's got, he's got a horrible record, but he had Odell Beckham. Um, the, the week I faced you earlier, you had Doug Martin explode for like 33 points. Yep. I mean, it just happens to me every week. The fact that I'm five and uh, or three and five, and you're four and four, I mean, it, it is it is a miscarriage of justice. Oh, what a crybaby! Yeah, I'm the guy. <laughs> just stating facts. I'm just stating I'm the facts. guy. You don't see me whining about a certain somebody that. It's up to you if we can mention his name. That's beating both of us in that league, and the way that he's gotten some of his wins. Yeah, it's true. It, it, he's like what is it, like six and one or seven. He's and one. seven and one. Yeah, current TNA uh, superstar who uh, will remain unnamed. Right, as if he's not a braggart enough already. And then <laughs> this freaking guy. And by the way, he didn't even show up for the draft, and he's beating us. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like he auto picked, and, and he even said beforehand, he goes, "Yeah, I'll probably have a better chance if I do auto pick instead of picking it myself." And sure enough, damn it, he's leading the league. See, I wish he could have drafted because then I could really trash talk him a little bit but now yeah it's just uh, embarrassing to try to do it because he didn't pick his own team i mean who's the fool here me <laughs> oh unbelievable all right well let's talk about what's going on right now in wrestling a little bit because you know we always talk about these like down periods especially when it comes to wwe and there, there definitely are kind of hangover periods or down periods right now it really feels like a big one for the company and and the weird thing is too They've got a ton of talent, and, I, and I, I think people can make plenty of arguments about how they're using their talent right now and you know what, they would, who, what guys they would like to see more of or how they'd like them used. But it just seems right now like, you know, I think Raw's been a little bit better over the last couple of weeks, but it, to me it just feels like a very quiet time and kind of a ho-hum period in wrestling. Do you feel the same way? Uh, I wouldn't say I really totally agree with that you know it to me there's been a real disconnect in how bad the ratings have been as compared to the quality of the show like you said the last couple weeks have been pretty good especially uh 
uh, not this past Monday show, but the week before that, I thought was a really good show. Yeah. And and I felt that pretty much, like, I haven't really, I don't recall a bad Raw in a while. I mean, some are better than others. But even even if it's just an average show, I mean, to me, it's it's not bad. Like, you know, I, when I think of bad shows, I think of, you know, some of the, the WCW Nitro shows back in 99 and 2000. You know, especially when uh, in 99 when they were three hours long. Okay, that was awful. That was hard to sit through. And I don't feel like Raw... Um, is anywhere close to anything like that. You know, I mean, even on a bad week, it's still way better than, than a really bad WCW show back in the day. So I know the, the ratings are like at historic lows, and I'm kind of perplexed by it. You know, I, I really don't think the show's that bad. And, you know, for whatever reason, I think people kind of lost interest somewhere along the line, and, you know, they weren't really happy with what they were seeing. And even though the shows have been better, I, I think it's just going to take some time um, to get that audience back, you know, I'm a little surprised that WWE hasn't really hot shot at anything. And maybe that goes into what you're saying about it being sort of a ho-hum period. Is in the past, when, when ratings were down, uh, there would be drastic changes. You know, heads would roll and, and there'd be a big hot shot storyline. And they haven't done that. So they've kind of stayed the course and not panicked. And, you know, I think ultimately it will, it will pay off for them. Um, but, you know, it's not going to get any easier now with John Cena not on the show. So, you know, we'll have to see where it goes. I mean, obviously, we're in November. Things are certainly going to heat up around January once you really get into the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania season. So I think things will definitely pick up around that time. Let me ask you this, too. Going, you mentioned the Nitros from back in that period. How much more difficult or was it more difficult for you in particular for those shows, not being a wrestling fan, but right around that time, you were the editor of the WCW magazine. So did it make it even more difficult for you? Well, by the time I was there, um, they had stopped doing the, the three-hour nitros. But, um, yeah, the shows were not good. And, uh, yeah, it was it was hard. I mean, if, if you're talking about was it hard as an employee and, and a guy who had to put out a magazine that put the product over, yeah, it was definitely a challenge. But also <laughs> being a wrestling fan. Yeah, I mean, it was tough. I mean, like, I, I just I go back to those days when the show was still three hours long, and it was just so bad. I mean, it was really a struggle to get through those shows and you know i hear people complain now like i said you know they, they complain about raw it's not as good or it's uh it's too long but i never feel like there are certain weeks i think it, it feels like it's dragging a little bit but i mean by and large i think the product is 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 not in a bad place and if you look at you know people always want to see new talent pushed you know it's like we're tired of the same old guys and why aren't they doing this or that well I mean, I don't know what more people really want. You've got Seth Rollins as the world champion, Kevin Owens as the Intercontinental champion, um, Charlotte as the Divas champion, straight up from NXT, and you've got New Day, which has Big E and, and Xavier Woods, both who came up from NXT, as tag team champions. So you've got all this influx of new talent, you know, that's being put in prominent roles. Uh, you've got Range, you've got Ambrose, you've got the Wyatt family, you've got Rusev, all these new faces over the past couple of years. So it's it's not just the John Cena and Randy Orton show anymore. So like I, I'm really a little perplexed when people say they're not pushing new guys or they're doing you know it's the same old stuff. It's really not. Yeah, it's not. It, it's funny because when people talk about they want to see new guys, it's like, okay, do you want me to bring in somebody from outside the company and they're going to get pushed immediately? Or if it's one of these other guys that have been in developmental, then it's like, you know, sometimes it's the vocal minority that really. 
enjoy them because they already know who this guy is, but maybe you know the huge part of the WWE audience doesn't know them, doesn't know you know their background or anything about them. And there's this kind of fine line when it comes to working in new talent. And then some people, I think, almost revolt because by the time you get newer, younger talent and guys like you mentioned, and they've been on the roster for a little while, they've integrated themselves before they really start getting that big push. And by then it's almost like, well, I've seen this guy for a little while. But it's still new young talent, even if they've been there for two or three years. I mean, that's just scratching the surface. Exactly. I think there's a lot of young talent there for guys that haven't are about to hit their primes or haven't hit their primes yet. And, um, you know, to me, the future is, is very bright. And like I said, it's not the John Cena and Randy Orton show anymore. And it's really not going to be with those two guys on the shelf for however long it's going to be. Randy, apparently, four to six months, I guess, is what they're saying. Cena, I guess, is supposed to be back uh, at the end of December. So it's going to open up some opportunities for other guys. But, I mean, when I watch the shows every week, what I'm seeing is a steady diet of, Shield guys, the Wyatts, like I said, I mean, I don't have to name them all again. Those guys are all over the show and in prominent positions. Kevin Owens, who everyone was just dying for him to come up from NXT and, and be on the roster. Well, he's there. And he, he, he wrestled John Cena on three straight pay-per-views. Now he's the Intercontinental Champion. He's in a prominent position. Again, I don't, I don't know exactly what people want. They wanted all these NXT divas to be up there. Now, granted, the storyline leaves a lot to be desired. But you've got Charlotte there, you've got Sasha Banks, and yet all this is going on and ratings are at historic lows. So, I mean, it has me perplexed. I'm not exactly sure what people really want. Yeah, and that's, I guess, what they got to figure out. You know, so Cena's going to be gone until December doing what other project that he's doing. And like you said, Orton's going to be out for four to six months. You know, what's funny is that Cena is actually three years older, but tell me if you agree with this. I get the feeling that... Cena is going to be the guy that's going to be wrestling for a longer period of time going forward than Randy Orton. Do you do you uh, agree with that? Uh, you know, I never really thought about it. Um, now that you say it, one thing I can say is having you know worked at WWE and kind of you know been around those guys for a little bit is uh, I think Cena, and again, it's just my opinion, but I think Cena really has a passion for the business that will probably permit him or it'll probably drive him to stay in the business longer than Randy. I don't think Randy, to me, I think it's a job for Randy. I think he, he loves it to some extent. You know, he grew up with it and it with his father and his grandfather, but I don't feel like he has that passion for it and that love for it the way John Cena does. And I think Randy will have an easier time walking away from it than, than John will. And I, I think you'll see John in the business, when his in-ring career is over, I think he'll stay in some capacity. He'll always be in it or around it. Because I think he loves it. And, and I don't know that Randy loves it to that extent. So you're probably right about that. Yeah, and the thing with Randy, I, I think that he's one of these guys where if he said, I can be a heel and just work house shows and just go out there and wrestle, he'd be thrilled. It's all the other stuff that comes along with the wrestling business and being a star that I think Randy does not like, which I'm sure a lot of guys like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look at uh, what Jericho has been doing. I mean, he was just wrestling on house shows. Um, Batista was doing interviews talking about, you know, the new James Bond movie where obviously he has a role in that. And he was saying, if I could just go back and do house shows, I'd be back in WWE. It's, It's amazing that a lot of these guys are like, I just don't want to deal with the politics and creative. 
And I just want to go in there and I just want to wrestle. And, you know, it can't happen for everybody. I mean, Jericho has a very unique deal. Um, being a part of the storylines, being a part of TV is a huge part of the business. And you can't get away from that when it comes to WWE. It's like if you only want to wrestle, um, for the most part, it's not going to be with that company. It's going to be someplace else. And they don't want to work someplace else. Yeah, it's true. And, you know, with, with Randy, I mean, look, I, I'm not going to say Randy hasn't, you know, certainly he's paid his dues and he's a, he's a huge star in this business. And at, at this point in his career, he decides that, you know, he really doesn't want to work Tuesdays anymore. You know, he would rather just work the A-show like John Cena does. Um, he wants to work Raw, not SmackDown. I, I, I would say he's earned it. You know, I think he's earned that right to do that. And, um, you know, a lot of wear and tear on his body and injuries and things over the years. At a point now, he wants to just show up and wrestle and, and be on Raw and, and, you know, still do some house shows or whatever. I think he's earned that, that right to do that. When you get to a certain level in the business, I think that's your right. So I don't, I don't fault Randy for that at all. And, yeah. uh, you know, like I said, I, I don't see – I think you hit the nail on the head. I think he likes certain – I think he likes the, the money that he can make in, in wrestling – and I think he knows it's something he's very good at and that he enjoys to a certain point. But, yeah, the personal appearances, uh, having to interact with people, I mean, that's just not Randy's personality. Yeah, you know, and that and that's perfectly fine. I mean, he has earned that right, I think. It's funny now, too, with, with him being gone and with Cena being gone for a little while, that obviously they have to rely on different people, especially when it comes to the top baby faces. And, you know, Roman Reigns is a big part of that. And I, I get the sense that as it stands right now, and I know we're only a couple weeks into this, but I feel like the crowd is reacting a lot better to Roman. It's like WWE has always said, like, we're not turning them heel. We're not changing the path. We're just kind of holding them in this pattern. We're going to rev them back up at a certain point. And now is that point. And I get the feeling that it's not uh, being rejected like it was earlier in the year. And I think the crowd is really coming around to Roman Reigns, which WWE has to be thrilled with. I would, I would say so, and and to me it's been a little surprise. I mean, you and I have talked about it before. I, I never really understood why people had such a problem with Roman to begin with. It wasn't you know, Roman. I, that I, they were, I don't think they had a problem with Roman. I think they had a problem with creative shoving him, feeling like creative was shoving him down their throat, and the other thing was he wasn't Daniel Bryan. That was his biggest sin. Well, that was the big thing, was everyone wanted Daniel Bryan. I know we've talked about that many times. The, the timing of Daniel Bryan returning at the Royal Rumble but not win, not being booked to win it, and it was just horrible. It would have been horrible for any other baby face, not just Roman. If it would have been anybody else, I think they would have got the same reaction. It was just they wanted Daniel Bryan in, and if it was Daniel Bryan, they were going to turn on the guy. And it didn't help that it was Roman who is seen as, you know, okay, he's a he's a big muscled-up guy that, you know, he's Vince's chosen winner. So I think all that went against him. Um, but I tell you what, I, I look at Roman, and, and I am surprised that, the fans have sudden, and it really seems like the last couple of weeks, all of a sudden, it's like, we don't hate you anymore. Now you're okay. And I, I don't know why it's just happening now. But, you know, I, I applaud WWE for their patience because when things didn't work out at WrestleMania, you know, seven months ago or whatever it was, they decided, okay, we're going to, it's going to be a long chase for Roman. And that was really what was missing the first time. There was no chase. It was, he was the power guy from the Shield, and then all of a sudden, got a rocket strapped to him, we won the Royal Rumble, and got the main event at WrestleMania. There was no chase to the championship. Now, they've been, WWE's been telling a story that has been in the making since 
since, since March, since WrestleMania, of him being knocked out of that spot, having to fight his way back and overcome every obstacle in his way, whether it's been the Wyatt family or the authority, whoever. So I think people have started to get behind the chase. And that's booking 101, so it makes sense. But it's like I said, on the other hand, I'm a little surprised that just like that, people seem to have changed their opinion of Roman. And uh, it really has just been the past couple of weeks. I think WWE has yeah. been taking this slow build with him since WrestleMania for months now. Yeah, I think some of it is he's not doing the long promo segments that I thought really, really hurt him. Um, you know, we're he's being the, I'm going to let my... Uh, Actions do the talking rather than by words, for the most part. He's acting a little bit more like a tough guy. And I think he's, with the matches that he's had on Raw, and then especially like with that match he had at Hell in a Cell with Bray Wyatt, where this guy, he's just busting his ass. And I think that the crowd comes around and respects that a little bit more. I think if you add it all up together now, they're like, okay. So now we kind of like Roman. He is a tough guy, and he is a cool guy, and... You know, he, you know, we like the stuff that he's doing. You know, um, uh, I think they just kind of come around in a lot of ways when it comes to all those things. And plus, when you don't have a Randy Orton around and you don't have a John Cena around, it's kind of out of sight, out of mind. That's that's the perfect opportunity to to do this and to really put him on the top of the card now. Sure. And, and WWE obviously is committed to, you know, they're not giving up on making him the guy. So they, they've stayed behind him all this time and, you know, that's the plan. And you're right. With Cena and, and you know, Orton, especially Cena not being around, Roman really has a chance to step up and show that he is that guy. Uh, but like you were saying, you know, WWE's been doing all the right things with him. He's been proving that he's a tough guy. He's had great matches, not just on Raw, but he's had really good matches on pay-per-view. I don't think he's anywhere near as bad of a promo as some people say. Yes, his promos are best, short and sweet, and to the point. I think the only time his his when his promos aren't good, I don't think it's necessarily his delivery. I think it's sometimes the material that he's given. But to me, the guy has presence. The guy has charisma. I, I never really under, understood the hate towards him. Um, but again, I'm, I'm glad that people have finally come around. I don't know why it took so long, I guess is my point. And it got to the point for me where I just wasn't sure they were ever going to come around because I didn't know what more the guy could do. It was just like, it was the cool thing to not like Roman Reigns and... That was just it. Nobody was going to like him. I almost right. thought you have to go, which I was totally against in the beginning, but I thought, you know what? Maybe you do have to turn the guy heel. Maybe you have to turn him heel to eventually make him a bigger baby face. Yeah, I thought that too, you know, but now, I mean, WWE has held steady. Those promos that he did, remember when he was appearing on the Titan Tron earlier this year they after the terrible. Rumble? Those were, were terrible. brutal. Those are the ones, they I mean. Everybody brings up the Suffer and Succotash promo, but those right there, those were so written out and so wooden that he, I mean, it wasn't his stuff. That wasn't him, and he couldn't sell it, which I can't blame him for because I agree with you that you hear this guy in other interviews and you've even seen some other short promos he's done. The guy is extremely charismatic. He's a, he's a cool dude. He's a good guy, and he can do so much more, and then they put him in that kind of environment. And that just that just kills everybody right there when it comes to I'm not I'm not a Roman Reigns guy. I mean, look look at this guy, man. I I can't buy into that. And I think it's finally gotten to a point where people have kind of put that in the rearview mirror, and he's gotten past it. Yeah, and you know, wrestling fans can be so so fickle too. Because if you remember when he was when, when the Shield first burst onto the scene, 
you know, even though they were heels, everybody, you know, you just took notice of Roman. You thought Roman was a cool, badass kind of guy. And then when they did the shield, did the babyface turn as, as a unit, you know, he always had those cool power move spots. And, you know, it's like I think everyone really, really liked Roman Reigns. It was only when, to your point, it became obvious that he was getting this big push, which coincided with Daniel Bryan making these miraculous returns in history and coming after the title that he never lost. He was really a victim of circumstances. But, yeah, I mean, Roman just has, and I don't feel like I'm in love, you know, have a man crush here, but he has everything you would look for in, in a top guy. It, it's not just that he has the look. You know, he's not a stiff. Yeah, he's not Seth Rollins in the ring, but he's capable of having good matches with a lot of different people. He's proven it. And he looks the part. His promos aren't nearly as bad as people think they are. I just, you know, to me, the guy has huge star written all over him. I think everybody in WWE thought it the first time they saw him. When I was when I started WWE, he was in developmental. He was he was Liaki, and you know we there was no everyone was a hundred percent on the same page that that guy was that he had it and that he was going to be a huge star. You can admit it. You have a man crush on him. You wish you had his hair. <laughs> I do. I tell you, we used to we used to sit around the writers' room, and uh, I'm not going to say who exactly, but. A former WWE tag team champion who was who was on on the team that sit in the room with us would, would talk about how uh, you know how much he loved Roman's hair and you know he was just, he he really is a beautiful man. I mean, there's there's no two ways about it. Yeah, he is. I'm I'm just glad that he's. <laughs> can you imagine if he was still putting in the blue eyes, man? I mean, I mean that those were you, you get lost in those things, man. That's true. I was mesmerized by those eyes. <laughs> he came out on TV, and I thought he was putting everybody in a trance. <laughs> it's crazy. I'm telling you what, man. He 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 literally is the cliche of you know he's a tough guy that every guy wishes he was tough like Roman Reigns, and you know every girl wants to be with him. You know, it's oh like, yeah. I, you know that to me that that's a, a marketable combination. And you know when they've seen when you've seen Roman out uh, doing various personal appearances or whatever, he always comes across very well. He's a well-spoken guy, articulate. He's you know seems like a down-to-earth guy. So to me, you know, Vince has been looking for the next John Cena for a long time, and Roman Reigns is the closest thing I think that that that's come along. Right. You know, no one's going to replace John Cena per se, but it, you know, the reason John Cena's never turned heel, it's not a secret. It's because Vince was like, "Great, we turned John heel. Who's he working with? Who's our top babyface?" You know, it's not going to be Randy Orton. It's not going to be CM Punk. You know, when Punk was in the company, it's not going to be Sheamus. Who's it going to be? Obviously, Vince never believed it was Daniel Bryan. With Roman Reigns, you you may eventually get that John Cena heel turn because Roman could be the guy. Yeah, he could be. And and the thing about him is, I know people say, "Oh, yeah, they're trying to sculpt him into John Cena." No one's going to be John Cena. The only way you can make that comparison to me is he's going to be Roman Reigns. But that means he's also going to be the top babyface in the company. When he's when everybody tries to say, "Oh, well, he's going to be the next John Cena," I mean, Roman even hates it when people say that because he's just like, "I'm not John." He goes, "I am who I am. I'm, I'm a different guy." Doesn't mean that I can't be in that position, but don't compare me with him in that in that manner. Well, that's the thing. It's it's not not that he's going to be a John Cena clone, but somebody has to. You know, John Cena has been in that top spot for a decade, over a decade. At some point, he's got to vacate that spot. 
you know, whether it's due to age, injury, whatever it's going to be, somebody has to take over that top spot and be the face of the company. So, yeah, it's unfair to say he's the next John Cena or whatever, but somebody's got to take over that number one role in the company. You know, somebody's got to be the next in line of the succession of, you know, Hogan, the Warrior, to Stone Cold, to, you know, John Cena. Roman right now seems like the best candidate and really the only candidate that I could see to, to fill that role. Yeah, he is. I don't know who would even be my number two choice at this point. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, who else can they really look to right now and say, this is going to be another one of our top baby faces? Because with Orton and Cena out, you've got Reigns in that position. But outside of that, it's like, who else is it going to be? I, I know the talk has been, well, they're going to do more Dean Ambrose. And, you know, they really haven't yet, but maybe they will. Um, I'm not exactly sure who they're looking to to be you know, another top baby face. And I don't know, are they going to do something with Cesaro? I mean, every now and then they tease something, but then they don't. And, you know, we've never I even heard of, I, I don't see Vince ever go. Ever I don't go. either. Like he could get, he may get a bigger push than he's getting right now, you know, but I don't ever see him saying, Hey, that's, the, that's the guy that's going to be the face of the company. Yeah, I agree, man. And that, that's the whole thing there. It's just like, you might get a little bit more, but I mean, I've never even heard the guy cut a promo. Outside of the one time he said he was a Paul Hammond guy. And that was a couple of years ago after he won the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal at WrestleMania. That's the longest promo I think we've ever gotten from Kevin Eck in the middle, or I mean, from Kevin Eck, from Cesaro in the middle of the ring. Right, yeah, I think you're right. And it's the longest promo, longer than any promo that you've given in the middle of the ring in WWE. Now, when it comes to Maryland Championship Wrestling, you're giving the long promos, and you're probably wearing an Ectoraj t shirt right now, right? Uh, 24-7. You're so happy. Sleep, with, sleep in it, the whole thing. Do the boys let you keep one of the belts to sleep with at night now you got them back? One of them. I sleep with both of them. Both of them. <laughs> <laughs> Does your wife get mad at you about that? Now you're getting very personal, Brian. I know. That's what I do, though, man. I ravel stuff, man. I try to get behind the layers, you know? <laughs> yeah, I don't think, you know, with... I don't know what they're going to do with Ambrose, quite honestly, um, because people say or people are thinking like, OK, they're going to give him a bigger push. And he does have kind of this magnetism to him, I guess. But he's so different that I mean, it's in a good way. But then when you talk about the PR that comes with that role, I'm I like Dean, but he's kind of hit and miss when it comes to some of this stuff. I think the stuff that he does, like in these he does these morning TV hits. And I think he's pretty funny, and he's, like, in his own little world. But there are plenty of other times when he's doing stuff, and you're like, oh, my God, where's this guy going here? Well, he's got that quirky personality. And, uh, you know, I could see him being, like, a number two baby face, but not not the face of the company, like we're saying. Like, I, I don't, you know, when you look at him and you look at Roman Reigns, Clearly, I think Vince is looking at, you know, sees dollar signs when he looks at Roman and, and sends him off in a suit to go represent the company. And, you know, I don't think he sees Dean in that same light, you know. Um, and, and, I, and I get that. But I, I do think Dean could be in a little higher position than he is. I, I think if he was really given a chance and protected booking-wise, you know, he may be – he gets compared to Roddy Piper all the time. And I could see maybe as a baby face, you know, when you had Piper as a baby face, you still had Hogan as the top baby face, but then Piper was number two. He was the quirky guy. Like, I think you could see that with Reigns and Ambrose as, as one and as one and two on the baby face totem pole. 
But yeah, I don't think he could ever be the guy, you know, that that stands out at the face of the company. I still think that maybe when it comes to the next round of baby faces or people in that role, not number ones right off the bat, but guys I could see kind of high on the on the totem pole, maybe aren't even with the company yet. Maybe maybe or 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 not with the main roster yet. It might be somebody like um, a Finn Balor or a Sami Zayn that you know that those are the guys that they have the high hopes for, saying they can be in higher positions than some of the guys that are on the roster right now. The only guys that are on the roster right now that I could see possibly being huge baby faces are the new day. Whenever that day comes, that they say we're going to turn them because the audience is demanding it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with with Balor, I, I think he might have a shot. You know, I think Sami Zayn might fight the same battles that Daniel Bryan had to fight, you know, as far as size and, and, and look and everything else when it comes to Vince seeing him as a top guy. But, right. Um, same with Finn. Yeah. I, I mean, think, Finn's I even Ballard smaller than Sammy. What's that? I think Finn's even smaller than Sammy. Yeah, I think he I think he might be smaller, um, but he's just got a, you know, he's got, I mean, the entrance, the, the, the face paint. I mean, he's got a, a presence about him, yeah. I think, that that Sammy, you know, doesn't have, and nothing against Sammy Zayn as a worker, he's great. But I think if you just you look at the two of them, I think you know Vince would be like, I think he would think Sammy Zayn looks like a guy that stepped out of the crowd, whereas Balor, especially when you see him, you know, making the entrance and, and the, all the bells and whistles and the face paint, kind of looks like you know looks like something. So the uh, the announcement came down the line that uh, ESPN is going to be making a thirty for thirty on Ric Flair. There's only about 1,835 different directions they can go with this, I think. Um, where do you think they're going to go with it? I don't know. i tell you, Rick, he's the 60-minute man, so how can you do a 30 for 30 on the 60-minute man? That's a good question. I mean, yeah, as you and I have talked before, like I think you know, you could do a 30-part a series rather than a 30-minute uh, special on, on Rick. And each There's part so is like many. an hour or two. Exactly. I, mean, I don't know how you possibly can tell Ric Flair's story and, and do it justice. I mean, even though those those pieces are always very well done, I mean, geez, the, the not just what he's accomplished in the wrestling business itself, you know, which is legendary, but I mean, um, all the out of the ring stuff. I mean, he's had some tragedy in his life. He's had four marriages that have gone sour. He's, I, I don't know. I don't. They could, like you said, they could take this thing in so many different directions. Um, It'll be interesting to see how, see what they do. How long is that thing going to be, though? Seriously, because I mean, some thirty for thirties or they, the ones they do online can be you know ten, fifteen, twenty minutes, and I don't think it's going to be one of those. So this is either going to be an hour long or two hours long. It's probably got to be the longer one. I mean, you would think that there would be a huge audience for this, no matter where they go with it. Yeah, I mean, like you said, uh, they they need a lot. They need several hours for sure to do Ric Flair justice. I mean, he's it, it, a very complex individual, and uh, you know, you got a lot of um, people who love Rick, and, and Rick also has his critics. You know, um, right? That that's so why I'm I, curious where they're going to go with it from that standpoint, and also I I can see a scenario where Rick is like, "Yep, whatever, I'm, I'm cool with whatever," and WWE. Not that they have any control. It might be like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Rick, you know, I think he's, um, 
warts and all, you know, it's all out there. And I don't think Rick is, is apologetic about anything. Yeah. You know, his, his life literally is an open book. So, hey, you know, it, it, it's amazing that Rick, I think, is even, you know, Rick has survived a lot. Let's put it that way. The fact that Rick here is still here with us, with all the, the partying and the lifestyle and everything else, you know, it, it's pretty amazing. You know, the injuries, I mean, the guy, the guy was in a plane crash, broke his back, and he still, you know, wrestled uh, into his 60s. It's, a, it's, it's pretty amazing. Well, the funny thing is, is that he's done so many things that if you didn't attach Ric Flair's name to it, you'd be like, that guy is a horrible, despicable person. And the second you put Rick's name with it, you're like, oh, that's just Rick being Rick, man. He's a good dude. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I, look, I'll be honest, I, Certain things that happened over the years, I lost some some respect for, for Rick. Um, yeah, first and foremost, just you know, getting back into the into the business after that great send off. I mean, I, you know, I know you and I have talked about it. The great send off he had at, at Mania, getting into the Hall of Fame and and the match with Shawn Michaels. It was such a perfect ending, and you know, to me, he ruined it. He ruined it by coming back and and really soiling his legacy in TNA. And look, Rick's so great and has done so much that the fans are very forgiving of anything that Rick's ever done. And, uh, you know, I just wish it could have been. He had the perfect fairy tale ending. And, you know, he ruined that ending. Yeah. And I'm not trying to make Rick out to, like, be the most horrible, despicable person because he's not. And I, as a wrestling fan, I still have a certain affection for him. I don't really know Rick as a person. You only hear so many stories. And... There are definitely some stories that I am not fond of, and I try to push to the side a little bit. I'm not going to give them a break about it, but I not, try not to dwell on that stuff as much. But I'm with you when it came to the retirement because you can never duplicate that weekend and that send-off that he got. Nobody is probably going to get a send-off like that again. Um, I mean, Taker is going to get a big one, but he's even going to shy away from some of that. And yeah. Shawn Michaels definitely shied away from it. But you talk about a guy that got put in the Hall of Fame, got to have his final match at a WrestleMania against Shawn Michaels, and then the celebration that they did on Raw the night after. I mean, that 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 can't be duplicated ever again. Yeah. And instead, he decided to get back into wrestling and with another company. And with another company, a second-rate company, let's be honest. And and really, you know, I just doing some really nasty things there. I mean, just busting his head open, bleeding all over the place every week for no reason. You know, yeah. it was just um, it, it was hard to watch. You know, it, it just was it was disconcerting to see a guy in his position do that. And we know the reason he was doing it was because you know, let's be honest, he needed the money. You know, he made a lot of bad decisions in his real life, financially and otherwise, with you know marriages and all you know he needed money so he wasn't in a position by his own doing of where he could kind of just ride off into the sunset like the WWE wanted to do he needed to go back out there and and uh and hustle and do what he had to do to make money and um it's unfortunate but that's where it is well speaking of guys back in the fold superstar Billy Graham is back in WWE um so he announced today that he has signed a Legends contract and is thrilled to uh, have that contract in a uh, 
and some quotes and stuff that he put out talking about this great conversation I had with Triple H is now back in the fold after some of the stuff that he has said. So I'm shocked that Billy Graham, I, I understand that he is a legend with that company and has the history there and everything, but all the things that have been said over the years, um, and he got taken back, and then he said even more stuff after he left again, and, you know, for whatever reason, he's back, man. I mean, I don't know how much of this is a Vince McMahon thing or a Triple H thing, and Triple H, man, the uh, the way that he's been able to talk to different guys and get them back in the fold has been incredible, and this one is, this might be his biggest feat. Yeah, I, I'm stunned. I mean, you know, you always hear the old cliche of never say never in wrestling. Well, I thought there were a couple of nevers. Like, I, I would have told you a few years ago, Bruno San Martino going into the WWE Hall of Fame, that's a never. And I and I had interviewed Bruno about it a couple times over the years, and he was just adamant that, you know, he was going to remain a man of his word, and he'd be a hypocrite if he ever went back to WWE. He doesn't want to be in their Hall of Fame. He doesn't consider it even an honor. And sure enough, there's Bruno San Martino and Vince McMahon shaking hands and, and raising each other's arms uh, on the stage at the Hall of Fame ceremony a few years ago. That was something I thought I'd never see. Superstar Billy Graham being back into the fold, being given yet another chance, yeah, I would have told you never based on all the things that he said and been forgiven for, and then gone back and said more things and been forgiven, and then said even more things. I mean, really, really inflammatory things. You, it, it's just it's amazing that I was stunned when I saw that he was welcomed back in, but I think it really goes to show that down deep, Vince has a soft spot for Billy. You know, they go way back to when Vince's dad was running things, and Superstar was WWF champion, WWWF champion, I left out a W. And, uh, you know, the plan all along was for Billy to hold it for a while and then transition it to Bob Backlund. And, and Vince Jr. really believed, you know, he was a, a forward thinker and saw where the business was going and thought Superstar Billy Graham was the guy who should have turned babyface and been the WWF champion for a long time. Kind of what Vince Jr. ended up doing with Hulk Hogan. So I think Vince has always had this soft spot for Billy and is willing to overlook things that Billy has said where no one else could get away with some of the things that that Billy has said about the company, about Vince, about Vince's wife, Linda. I mean, people should go out there and Google it sometime and look at the things that he said over the years about Pat Patterson. It's just mind-boggling that he would be welcomed back into the fold yet again but I think Triple H also, you know, I think he grew up, uh, you know, I think superstar Billy Graham was one of his idols. He's the one that inducted Billy into the Hall of Fame in 2004. So I guess Billy, man, he just has some kind of, uh, you know, he's a very, uh, has a mag, uh, was it, uh, he's very charismatic, has a lot of magnetism, I guess is the word I was looking for. Um, he draws people to him, and I guess, you know, when you have that, you have that it factor about you of like, no matter what you say or do, at some point, you know, people will forgive you and yeah. he's back in the fold. And that's the thing is that it, the criticisms he's had has obviously not been just about the business. I mean, business is one thing. If you if you sit there and say, I don't like the product or whatever, but the the personal accusations against not just Vince, but like you said, about Linda, when she, especially when she ran um, yep. 
you know, for for in politics and the stuff he said about Pat Patterson. And that didn't just irritate, you know, Pat, obviously, but so many people in that company love Pat Patterson. And to hear Billy say these things about him just made him an instant enemy to so many people behind the scenes. And Pat was a mentor to to Billy early in his career as yeah. well. So it, it really was shocking. And then, you know, Billy later would re, he, this is what would always happen. He'd make these things, these claims, and then say, no, I made that. He, he was very adamant that he made the allegation against Pat because he was looking for uh, trying to get some money, hush money, he called it, from WWE. Yeah. Uh, he was looking to extort money and said he made the whole thing up. And same thing with, uh, you know, he sued the company and George Zaharian, the, the, doc, the infamous doctor involved in the steroid scandal, saying that, you know, he was told that he had to use steroids to keep his spot. And then later said, no, I, that was never true. Look, I'm the innovator of steroids in this business. Uh, same thing with Linda. He was very critical of her when she was running for the Senate. And then backed off and said, no, I endorsed. Well, he wanted to be, he wanted to join her campaign. So it's almost like he has this uh, split personality, almost, or, or yeah. like he's got this Jekyll and Hyde where he goes to one extreme and then to the other, and it's just it's very bizarre. But the most bizarre thing of all is that WWE keeps welcoming him back. And I hope, for Billy's sake, like because I think I don't know him. I've interviewed him once over the phone. I don't know him, but just as a guy kind of watching from the outside looking in. He seems like a classic case of a guy who is just his own worst enemy. And that down deep, he's not necessarily a bad guy, but he just can't stay out of his own way. And a lot of his wounds are self-inflicted, for sure. So hopefully, you know, this time, he and WWE can have a harmonious relationship. Because he really is. He's one of the iconic figures in the business, very influential, as everybody knows. Influenced guys like Hogan and Jesse Ventura and a bunch of others. So it, it just seems like... He should be. All is right with the wrestling world if Billy Graham is on good terms with WWE. So hopefully it lasts this time. And I saw where he even said, like, I'd love to work at the Performance Center and run the promo class like Dusty used to do. Yeah, Uh, no, I didn't think that was going to happen. He was campaigning for that on Facebook. And, um, again, here's the thing with Billy. And, and, you know, all the statements are out there, so... Again, I, I loved Billy as a kid. You know, like I, I grew up when he was WWF champion. I watched him, and I always thought he, he was one of my – if you asked me to name my top, you know, ten favorite wrestlers of all time, Billy Graham's certainly on that list. Um, but I tell you what, he uh, he says some things that just you just, just boggle your mind. Like, yeah. he, he at one point, I remember he wrote something about Dusty Rhodes saying that they were never friends. He's like – we made a lot of money together, but we were never friends. And when I was sick, he never called me, blah, blah, blah. And then when Dusty Rhodes passed, he had a lot of Facebook posts talking about his dear friend, the American Dream Dusty Rhodes. And then he goes to and, and, and approaches or he wrote a letter, whatever he did to Vince and Hunter, basically asking if he could take Dusty's job at, after Dusty passed as the guy running promo class at NXT, which I guess, you know, could be seen as a little insensitive by some. Just right a little, the guy yeah. Away to ask if you could take his job. But again, just the whole thing of saying Dusty was never my friend, and then after he died, Dusty was my dear friend. There's so many instances like that with Billy where it's black one day and white the next day. It's, he just goes from one extreme to the other. 
And I, I, when I interviewed Bruno years ago, we brought up Billy Graham and um, how Billy was also a, a critic of, of Vince McMahon and WWE. And, and Bruno discounted him. He's like, yeah, he goes, but Billy flip-flops too much. He's like, I, I, can't, I can't believe a word Billy says. Because, yeah, he'll bash McMahon one day and then be kissing his butt the next day. Mm-hmm. Now, and that, that's really been his history over the years. So considering all the different uh, times that Vince has forgiven somebody, how long until you think we we see Hulk Hogan back with the company? Well, that's a great question. You know, I I have a feeling. I don't know when. You know, to answer your question, I don't know. I don't know when, but it 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 seems inevitable to me. Yeah, that all will be forgiven at some point. You know, I think Vince is a guy who just wants things to blow over, and then we'll bring you back. I mean, that's that's been his history. You know, there's a story that came out with uh, Alberto Del Rio coming back when he rejoined the company. When that incident happened a year ago where he slapped the WWE social media manager after he made, the social media manager made a, um, but Del Rio deemed was a racist joke. According to Del Rio, Vince sat him down and, and basically said, hey, we'll bring you, you know, we'll bring you back once this blows over. And I think that's been Vince's history. If there's a controversy, go away for a little while, out of sight, out of mind. And then we'll bring you back, and all will be forgiven, and no one will really remember why you left in the first place. Yeah, and, I mean, the things that Del Rio said, I mean, he was talking about it's not a good environment to be there if you are a minority. And he's back. And I'm really not surprised that he's back. I mean, maybe I should be. um, But I'm not really not surprised, considering how WWE's always tried to find a, a Latino star, and they've had a heck of a time doing it. Um, they have, yeah. Well, this is what I wrote on my Eddie. blog about Del Rio. What I wrote about my blog on, on, uh, on my blog about Del Rio yeah. is that to me, when you make the claims that he made, which is after he, he was fired by WWE, he then talked about how a certain top executive would always make racist jokes and that, uh, you know, it was Latinos, it was African Americans, and nobody ever said anything because it was a person, a prominent person there, and you really couldn't say anything. You just kind of had to take it. But once he was fired, he claims he then, the person, the, the executive who called him and, and informed him of his release, at that point, Del Rio had nothing to lose and basically said, hey, you know, just so you know, I didn't appreciate the racist jokes, and you set a bad example, because when you make them, being a person in your position, then the people under you think it's okay to make them. So when you make those statements, okay, that's, that's, that's fine. That was your experience, your point of view. But now if you go back to the company, to me there's one of two choices. Either you'll put the, uh, the lore of a, a high-paying WWE contract and the prestige of working for WWE over your principles, um, or you exaggerated what happened while you were there and it was sour grapes because you got fired. So to me it has to be one of those two things. I don't think there's, yeah. there's an option C. <laughs> no, and even an apology. It's still because that's going to be something that's private because I don't think he's going to sit here and say, yeah, so so-and-so said uh, this about me, but uh, we talked it out and he apologized. Right. So it's all good now. I mean, that you can't do that you know, in a public forum. You know, I'm a little surprised though Rio did go back to because when he left at the time, I think it, it, it was no secret that he was, uh, I mean, when he got fired, it's, at the time, he was saying he was going to leave anyway. Right. He was so burned out. 
he was burnt out. He wasn't happy there. Um, you know, the when he was fired, that obviously expedited things. But at the end of the day, you know, to your point, it's like, hey, WWE is, is uh, it's the best option. You know, when you're a guy at Del Rio's level and you can make big money and, and uh, you're in demand, you know, the best place to go is WWE. Yeah. That's where you're going to make the best living. And I guess he could always use the, well, I had to do what was best for my family, you know, argument, which sure. is going to make more money, I assume, in WWE than anywhere else. Right. It's not going back so to Mexico to drop your heavyweight championship. Oh, i got to do what's best for business. <laughs> and you know what? That, to be fair, I don't know if it was his choice not to go or WWE said you can't go. I don't know, man. I, I, I believe, as Vince McMahon has said, I believe in the time-honored tradition, you know, that you, you do what's right for business. And uh, to me, it's unconscionable that, that he... Whether it's his choice, or I mean, let's be honest, it's ultimately Vince McMahon's choice that Del Rio won't go back and, and do business and drop the title. I, I think that's horrible. Yeah, know? I do it's, too. It's not going to hurt WWE at all. The only reason they won't let him do it is because they can. You know, they can tell him don't do it, and and that's that. I don't know why they wouldn't allow it. it to me, it's just the right thing to do. And you know, Vince is a guy who a lot of times talks about doing the right thing. Yeah, that's that's it's a little bit disappointing, and I'm I'm going to be curious to see how they use him going forward because he's a heel right now. The belief is that sooner or later he's going to turn babyface. They want a big Hispanic babyface star. I don't see it with Alberto. I think he's got a lot of talent. To me, he is a heel. He should always be a heel. Um, maybe maybe I feel that way partially because of the way they turned him, you know, in his previous run, and it flopped not to his fault it was just the way that they did it that i just don't see it i just don't see it i mean i'm as a as a talent it's good to see him back in the company there's been so many other things though with him that have made me really raise my eyebrow about him yeah i, I agree I, I know what you're talking about there yeah. um but yeah he look i i thought his baby face run i agree with you it was it was a flop and i just don't to me he doesn't have Whatever it is, and it's weird because I know he was a babyface predominantly in in Mexico, but here in the states, I, for whatever reason, it didn't click. And yeah, the, the storyline to make him a babyface wasn't good. Um, you know, Ricardo Rodriguez was carrying around a spit bucket for something. I never did. I worked at the company. With the company that I never understood what that was supposed to mean. And yeah, that that whole thing just never worked. I think he's a he's much better as a heel. Um, if WWE does have designs on planning and babyface, uh, turning and babyface down the road, and, and he, they do want him to be that Latino star that they're seeking, I hope they have a much better plan than, than last time. And I hope, I hope they tweak his character somewhat so that he connects with the audience better. Because, I mean, that thing died a died a slow death the last time. It wasn't even slow. He had, to, he, he had to go back to being a heel again. Yeah, he did. So, before I let you go, uh, obviously. You uh, are managing the Maryland Tag Team Champions, Maryland Championship Wrestling Tag Team Champions, which yeah. I mentioned before a little bit, um, the Ectorage. So uh, when are you going to be appearing next with uh, your boys? Well, we got a couple shows coming up, uh, not this weekend, but the next weekend. Uh, November 13th in uh, Waldorf, Maryland, and then November 14th at the MCW Arena in lovely 
Joppa, Maryland. Yeah. And strangely enough, the guy we talked about earlier, uh, the Nature Boy Ric Flair, will be in attendance at both of those. Oh, shows. yeah, man. You're going to be nature that night. Yeah, and on the 14th in Joppa, it will be a somewhat of a four-horseman reunion because not only will Rick be there, but Tully Blanchard, J.J. Dillon, and Baby Doll will also oh, be there. Oh, wow. Tully's yeah, my buddy. You know that, right? I've heard that. I've heard that. So if I drop your name to Tully at the show, that'll that'll get me in with him. Absolutely, will. I I told the story before, but um, if we were off by a day, he almost uh, was the person that married me and my wife. <laughs> we 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 couldn't get him to do. It. I mean, we were off by a day. He had already made a commitment. He couldn't break it, but I would have easily have uh, thrown the other person to the wayside. If Tully was available, but well, yeah, how could you not? I know. I told my wife, I'm like, it, I don't care how much that guy was going to cost. If we can get Tully, it's going to happen. But <laughs> he had made a commitment, and we couldn't do it. You know, we got married on a Sunday, and he was making an appearance someplace, and he had scheduled it, you know, months out, and I didn't ask him or didn't even think about asking him until like a week before because I'd seen him, and uh, just didn't work. But that would have been a hell of a story <laughs> if I had gotten no him question. to do that. All right, well, I'll make sure when I see him, you know, that I uh, I drop your name. And... There you go. He won't cringe, I promise. All right. Flair, uh, if yeah, you ask you know, him, like, if you drop my name to Flair, he'd be like, who? <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to throw the website out there, too, MarylandWrestling.com, in case anybody wants to, you know, further check out. If they're in the area or, you know, even if you want to make a road trip. It's uh, MCW is, is uh, I would say, one of the better independent promotions in the northeast and dare i say the country absolutely and how could uh, they not be they have the extraage of the mcw tag team champions you know what the one thing that i am finding uh lacking on that website i do not see extraage t-shirts for sale on the website well i'm gonna i'll, I'll, I'll get somebody fired over that you should sure. man that's ridiculous you know the last guy that crossed us uh patrick clark uh when running off to uh, to tough uh, or uh, to uh, WWE developmental, he's right around the so, corner from me right now. There you go, and he did that. He, he got out because he didn't want to face the extras anymore. Can you blame him? Nope, <laughs> not at all. Wasn't tough. He just wasn't tough enough. <laughs> oh man, look at you with the puns. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, everybody can go online. They can find uh, Kevin's blog. You can go find the Kevin or the X Factor. It's kevineckwrestling.sportsblog.com, and uh, I'm sure you can find Kevin on Facebook as well because he's always ranting and raving, especially when it comes to his Ravens and uh, Orioles, and bragging about being uh, the manager of the tag team champions of Maryland Championship Wrestling on there as well. So, uh, always enjoy the conversation, Kevin. Likewise. The talking is over. Thanks for downloading Between the Ropes. Now you guys are awesome. Thank you. For more, go to BetweenTheRopes.com and subscribe to Between the Ropes on iTunes. Thank you. Have a nice day. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.